0: Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe.
1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today, my name is Emily, and joining us on the show is Desmond from House of Games out of North Carolina. What's going on, man, how are you doing today? I'm good, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you for asking. So before we dive, let me backtrack and say that this isn't your first time being on the show. You were on, was it about a year ago? Yeah. Yeah. So before we really dive into like the good and awesome things that have been happening since then, tell us a little bit about how you describe your business with people and what made you want to start your gym in the first place.
2: Uh, Well, I describe my my business with people as just as simple as possible. We are a community gym or family gym, uh, we pride ourselves on being affordable to the community. So we only, we train, we do a lot of one-on-one training. We train kids for just $10 a session, mm-hmm. adults for $20 a session. Uh, the regular open gym membership is just $20 a month. So uh, I explained it to them as, you know, just being affordable, a family environment, and a positive energetic environment.
1: That's the biggest thing. Yeah. So, what were you doing prior to starting your business? So, prior to starting my business,
2: I was actually driving trucks and coaching at that time. Okay. But the reason I was driving, driving trucks, before driving trucks, I was just coaching and training high school kids at the high school. But I had my first child around that time, so... We needed to put things on the books as far as uh, taxes and all that so-called. So I, it was time to get a, a job that shows sustainable income so we can make the next step in, in our relationship and our life.
1: Mhm. Okay. So what, like, when did you decide, like, oh, I guess I'm asking, like, how did you decide that it was the, the right time to go, like, full-time in the business?
2: It was something that I was always going to do. It was like it's always been my plan since I was even young playing sports. But I got in an accident. I got in a truck accident and almost uh almost lost my right arm, but I didn't have use of my right arm for a long time. And I was just, I just took it as a sign that cause at that point I was driving trucks and I really got away from playing sports and using the gifts that God had gave me. So I just I told my wife and I told uh a lot of people around me. If I'm gonna make money, I'm gonna make money doing it the way I want to. And I decided that then I was gonna open a business, open a gym, a, a real building.
1: And here we are on a podcast together. Oh yeah. So how was the transition from okay? So with the trucking company, was this your own trucking company? Like were you already?
2: So no, I was working for a company when I got in the, I got flipped over in the truck. I was actually in the passenger seat. I drove all day and was tired, so I let the other driver drive, and he flipped the truck. Wow. And some warm was stuck outside the window between the highway and the road until to the top sliding.
1: That's a crazy story, man. Um, glad you made it out okay.
2: Oh yeah, I appreciate
1: it. Yeah. So transitioning from like working as like an employee or double W two or I don't know if you were like a contractor or not.
2: Not um, W2,
1: full-time employee. W-2. So yeah. how has the transition been just working for somebody else to running your own business?
2: So uh extremely exciting, extremely nerve-wracking, and uh I would say uh it's been one of the happiest things I've done in my life. But okay. it's it, it's all three. It's all three of those.
1: So exciting, nerve wracking, and one of the the best things that yes. you've done in your life. Yes. Yep. Okay. I mean, what's nerve wracking? So, like, what's been the most, I guess, nerve wracking and challenging aspect about entrepreneurship?
2: So the most nerve wracking thing is when you work a regular job, a W two job. Only thing you do is go in there and you punch the clock. You don't have to worry about the outside things like insurances. You don't have to worry about the light bill. You don't have to worry about the the rent or mortgage for your own building. You don't have to worry about all the utility bills. And then on top of that, you don't have to worry about the bottom line. Like you may make this one month. Well, clients may be down, so the next month it may be lower. And you still gotta provide for a family and pay your own house bills,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and your personal bills. That's the most nerve-wracking thing.
1: Yeah, we got to keep the the lights on, the bills paid, and like you mm-hmm. said, you got a family, so you got to be able to provide for them. Um, so on the flip side of that, what's been the most rewarding thing for you know why you why are you saying like this is the best decision that you made in your life? The
2: most, re- the most rewarding thing is is waking up and being excited and happy about what you're doing every day and not having to answer to a person. So it's like getting all your freedoms back because. If I work a regular job and my kids got something going on that I need to be there for, you got to ask permission. You got to do this. I don't have to ask permission. I can set my day up and set my schedule up to where I can be there for them at all times. And that's, that's important. Mm-hmm. I agree so with that. Not having to answer to somebody is, is it feels like freedom after you've done it for so
1: long. Yeah. Completely understand where you're coming from. So when you started your gym, did you have a base appliance already or did you start from
2: zero? I, I, I started my gym as a former athlete, as a person with a extreme work ethic, mm-hmm. a, a can-do attitude that doesn't take a no or doesn't believe that can't is a word. And that was it. I didn't have no business skills. I didn't know how to run a business. All I knew is I wanted to do it and I wasn't going to take no finance. All
1: right. Love that mindset. Definitely appreciate that about you. So, I mean, with that being said, like, how has it been from building from pretty much nothing to where you are now? And let's start with marketing. Because it's like, you own a gym, you have the best, maybe you have the best programming and and the best coaches in the world. But If you can't get anybody in the door, number one, you're not going to be able to help anybody. And number two, you're not going to be able to keep the lights on. So what's been working for you guys when it comes to getting your clientele in the door and keeping them? So
2: what what worked in the beginning for us is I put my business in an area where I was well-known and trusted. A part of uh, going into business for myself was, I had an understanding that I wanted to do this one day. So that's why I picked up coaching and I coached everything in the beginning, football, basketball, baseball, girls' sports. And I created relationships with kids and parents at that time. So when I opened the doors, we stepped right into a lot of clientele. What's helped us keep that clientele is the success of our young athletes going to college, helping kids go to college, going on above and beyond for them because a lot of times, I call colleges and I call coaches, and I only coach these kids, I just train. Our fitness clients, every time, you know, they get results, that word of mouth. And then the other thing is, like, uh, the biggest thing is what we've been able to accomplish powerlifting-wise myself, but not only myself, we got an 18-member team, and all 18 members, they always, when we go places, they always win, they always try. So people see that kind of stuff, that success, and that's what's helped us.
1: Okay. And as you guys continue to grow, how are you, are you, do you think you're gonna have to change that you're, the way that you're going about getting your name out there and marketing? How is that gonna have to evolve?
2: Everything, everything has to evolve or change or at some point you get stuck. So as, as we continue to grow to a bigger building and trying to do more things for the community in the area, you just gotta hire people that specialize in those areas that, that are dependable. They have that same kind of mindset and work ethic to to, to keep the brand going.
1: Yeah. So delegating or giving some of, this is your business. This is your baby, right? I know that. And I feel like this may be like my third time saying this today, but a lot of things that, something that um, a lot of gym owners find very challenging is delegating tasks to other people. Right. Right. So is this something that you find easy to do or something that you're like, I don't know if I should.
2: I, I don't I don't have a problem with delegating just because of my sports background like you have to depend on the next person beside you to be successful on the team. but I do have a problem and even when I play sports with I got a mindset of if I uh, give you a task you drop the ball on that task
1: it is a forgive Ooh, you're mute. you're muted Desmond I don't know what just happened can you hear
2: me? Yes. Yeah, I got a, I got a mindset where if you drop the ball on it, then I'll automatically go to forget it. I do it myself, and I just do it instead of seeing the process through, trying to work through with them to to get that done. But because I've done that in sports, if we're losing as a team, I put it all on me. So that it's just that, that's one of the biggest things that. Even though I'm willing to delegate, I need to grow from that.
1: I can appreciate that. Could you see that, and I think I already know the answer to this, but could you see that as something that could potentially like hold you back big time?
2: Yes, because at, at some point, like I joke around with the people here in the gym, at some point I want to be like Walmart. And when I say that, it's in the concept of you never went to Walmart and shop with the owner. So at some point when you come in the House of Games, you coming in the house of games but you're not working out with the owner. The owner's not the one training you. The owner's not the one doing everything. It's somebody else.
1: So is that kind of like where you're at now as the owner? Like are you very, still doing like a lot of things like still, in I'm still doing a lot
2: of them. Yeah, I'm still doing a
1: lot of. Them. Okay. So what is your what are some of those things? Are you still coaching and training a lot of kids? Um what does your day-to-day kind of look like?
2: Uh, I walk in the house of games at six a.m. and I normally don't walk out the house of games until about seven, seven, eight o'clock. But because uh, part of that is I've taken on like we work with community and schools in our area, so it's a after school program. So we have seven schools right now that we work with where we provide fitness for for an hour on different days. So I have to go to the sites for that. So that rearranges clients. So then at the time I would be training clients, I'm there. So I come back and I train the clients after that.
1: That's a long day. Six to oh, yeah. six to seven, 7.30. Oh, yeah. So where do you find time to work on things that grow the business?
2: Uh, in between training for powerlifting, because I train every day at 9.30, we warm up, 10 o'clock, we lift. We're normally done by 12.30. So in between uh, the twelve thirty window to about 3 o'clock, in that window, and then I'm going to after school.
1: What is it, so? What are some of the things that you do on a daily basis in terms of like admin work, follow ups? Like what does that look like?
2: Uh, as far as admin work, uh, call clients. I have to email clients. Uh, we have to follow up with food journals. Then on, on top of that, uh. Meeting with real estate people trying to find land, just meeting with the actual coordinators for community and schools, mm-hmm. meeting with uh boys and girls shelters because uh, we have uh, a coordinator from them come and talk to us about coming down there and speaking with them, just pretty much anything and everything you can think of.
1: <laughs> yeah. So have you guys have you been able to like automate anything or put something into a system to make that process a little bit easier? No, nah, not yet. Not yet. Okay, okay. So, with your goals in mind, the, well, actually, what are your goals like for your gym? What Go a year me. from now?
2: A year from a year from now to actually have that piece of land board and to have broken ground on it to put the bigger facility on it. Uh, not be the one that's dealing with all the one-on-one training and actually a year from now to show up here at 9 30 and be out of here by 12 30 because I'm getting ready for the project and that's it.
1: yeah so essentially you want the gym to be running on its own right yeah and that's my next question to piggyback on what you just said what's the end goal for you like we all started business for a reason and I, it feels like, you know, one of those big things for you is really being a, a big part of the community and supporting them the way that you can. But what about for yourself? Like, personally, why did you start your gym? Like, what goals are you working towards?
3: Um,
2: well, the biggest goal for the gym is just the biggest facility. But personally for myself, to show my kids a different way. My mom and daddy worked uh, all their lives for somebody else. My mom and daddy didn't understand. Uh, they understood. They always support me one hundred percent in everything. And, but they they didn't quite understand how it all works business wise,
1: mm-hmm.
2: as far as that goes. But to show my kids, to my nephews, my nieces, this is show them a different way. To show them that they don't got to get up and punch a clock every day at somebody else's beck and they can do it for themselves
1: yeah i love that man that was very very well said so before we wrap up one more question looking back to before you opened your gym like right before you opened it and thinking about like some of the things that you've learned and experiences that you've been a part of what's one piece of advice that you needed before you got started on your journey
2: but uh... One piece of advice that I needed before I started uh, would have been to go to the local community college and take a business class. Okay. To actually, you know, the mentality is great. That mentality without the proper knowledge can be a detriment to your business.
1: Would you care to continue to
2: elaborate on that? Well, the re- so the reason I say that is because when you start a business, outside of, like, you, you're going to be great at the thing that you love doing. So I, I love training kids, and I love coaching kids, and I love training. I'm great at that. But the business part of it is so much more than that. Packing the house full of the numbers you need <clears throat> to pay all the bills, and then pay yourself is that's a different aspect. Setting up a spreadsheet business-wise to make sure you're getting that in and you're being productive of meeting these marks is, is a major thing. And the success of three years from now, four years, like I've been in business four years. I've been in business four years and I've been stumbling alone for four years, figuring it out as I go. And I've been very blessed and fortunate to make it happen that way, but I, I know for a fact I could have made it a lot easier on myself gathering the knowledge and gaining that knowledge through taking business classes, taking finance classes, and doing different things to set myself up for a, a easier road.
1: Yeah. Thank you, for sharing, man. I really appreciate your transparency. Um, now, Desmond, this is a really good place for us to wrap things up on this episode, but Before we sign out, please tell our listeners where they can find you. Uh,
2: You can find me at 112 Courthouse Avenue, Burdard, North Carolina. Social media? Social media, desmond.jordan.94 on Instagram, desmondjordan32 on TikTok, and desmondjordan on Facebook.
1: All right, Desmond Jordan. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate your time and contribution to our show today and definitely looking forward to seeing what you guys are going to be able to accomplish down the road. I appreciate you having me. Yeah. To everybody who tuned in today, thank you for listening. Um, If you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description. And as always, until next time, Jim Morris out.
0: Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now let's head into the next interview. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another
4: episode of the Jim Lords Podcast. And today with me is none other than Miss Lori out of Pure Power Pilates Fitness in San Diego, California. Lori, how are you today?
3: I am great. Thank you.
4: Excellent. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to share your story and you know kind of how you dabble into what you're doing. So with that being said, Go ahead and give our listeners just a little bit about you, um, you know, your experiences, your passions. You know, what led you to eventually going into pure power Pilates and
3: fitness? All right. Well, um, I'm a native San Diegan. I was born and raised here. I've never lived anywhere else. So um, I'm pretty devoted to my community. Um, I graduated college at uh, the Design Institute of San Diego uh, with a BFA in interior design. So not related at all to oh. uh, to fitness. Um, I did uh, interior design for over 15 years. Um, I did everything from architectural drafting, kitchen and bath design. Um, you name it, I've kind of dabbled in it. Uh, everything. And um, so, in about 2009, when uh, the uh, uh, the Uh, market of uh, the financial problem of the equity lines and the mortgages and all that kind of stuff. When that happened, um, I had uh, to take a good look at what I was doing and how it made me feel. And actually doing design was very fulfilling until a certain point. Um, I had a uh, mother that had early onset dementia. Uh, She was only uh, diagnosed at the age of 46. 46. And oh. she passed away at the age of 60. So the best years of my mother's life were not so great. Therefore, uh, when, I, when 2009 came along, um, I, I really started thinking about, you know, what, what do I want to do? How do I want to, um, what do I want to leave knowing what I did to help? Now, I couldn't help my mom. Uh, it was uh, it was taking its course. So um, I decided to devote my life to helping others. And if that meant uh, you know just making people feel good, um, making people that are retired or just finally have some sort of time in their life to um, focus on themselves, um, that's kind of what I wanted to do. And that became very rewarding and became a passion of mine. So in about 2011, um, I decided to, um, I actually did some own, my own, um, not reinventing, but my own self-care. I started taking better care of myself. I got a personal trainer. I lost, um, you know, a bunch of weight, got in the best shape I'd ever been in. And that was when I was in my late 30s. Um, So in 2011, I started um, falling in love with fitness, and then I found uh, Pilates to be also a very good method of movement that, that just about anyone could do, and it makes you just feel really good and really confident and strong from the inside even though all of us like to feel good on the outside, but feeling good on the inside is what's going to carry you through the second half of your life, whether it be long and you know have longevity or it not in, you know, it not be so long. So um, in 2013 is when I got my STOT uh, Pilates certification in Matt and Reformer. And I immediately started teaching Um, At that time, um, even actually before I got my certification in 2012, I started teaching out of my garage and I just uh, had a bunch of friends because um, I've lived in this neighborhood for my whole life. I grew up here. I raised my two kids here. And so I made a lot of friends with other parents of, of my kids, friends, and I started just inviting them to my garage, paying a small fee. Uh, to come and work out and let me kind of build my experience build my um, teaching style and my confidence and uh, it was in 2016 is when I first moved out of the garage and uh, moved into my first brick and mortar location, and I was there up until last year of uh, so I made it through COVID and all of those um, obstacles and, and trials and tribulations. And last year we moved and rebranded to a new location that is uh, bigger, better. Um, everything seems to be moving in the right direction now. So I'm um, I'm just uh, I ha- I don't have a business degree, um, and I basically have learned things by um, just experiences and, uh, running to, so when I was an interior designer, I was technically self-employed. I did my, um, consulting freelance and, um, kind of took just that knowledge and from other full-time jobs that I had prior to becoming a business owner. And here I am today.
4: Man i know (laughs) quite the quite the journey though that's that's great i uh we have more in common than i thought um my last boss when i was in florida he owned an architectural firm not necessarily interior design but exterior design i guess Uh
3: Um, yeah
4: and you know um you know random question but like did you ever work with like anybody famous or like high dollar like you know, like for example, like Jeff Gordon, the CEO of Hooters, like just not, not that my boss did that or anything, but
3: (laughs) yeah. Well, um, let's see. When I was an intern, um, I did work with one um, and I was an intern. So it really wasn't my project, but I kind of sat in on a project of, um, and I'm going to forget his name actually, but he was a baseball player that was on the Toronto Blue Jays, came to san diego and was i believe a pitching coach and i think his first name is dave but i can't remember his last name
4: <laughs> well my forte is not necessarily baseball so we're just gonna let them know <laughs> yeah gonna we'll brush that underneath the carpet um cool. <laughs>
3: now in san diego there's not not too many famous people to to kind of do that for
4: no i just you know in california there, there's so many things far and few in between so Um, yeah yeah it was uh you know being in South Florida there's like just unbelievable amounts of like people and like you'd never know so um always always interesting to ask that but um the story uh you know turned a lot of what we'll say just you know a lot of um vision into passion and fruition yeah so With that, let's kind of, you know, dive in, you know, kind of, you know, give like that elevator pitch of what are all the services that are offered? If somebody were to come to you, how Mm -hmm. would you initially consult them or see if like they're a good fit for you and you're a fit for them and vice versa?
3: Okay, well, since COVID, um, we have... I always had a certain vision for what I wanted uh, my business to look like and um, my business model kind of transitioned, but initially I wanted a boutique studio that um, not only serves or uh, not only teaches instruction in Pilates, but also functional fitness, which I have a certification in both. Um, And then also, I feel like what also goes hand in hand with fitness is taking care of your body on another level. Um, so we also have self care and wellness services as well. Um, we offer uh, fascial stretch therapy, uh, ART, which is active um, active release. Um, we also have a structural integration bodywork person. So um, in addition to my instructors, I also have three different um, therapists, actually four, four different therapists that um, work on the bodies to help uh, people restore their body. Um, If they're having any kind of um, tension or stress in their body, then they can also come and book an appointment so that they are also getting taken care of on another level.
4: Sounds like right at Miley right there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Flash release, I got some. Right, Uh,
3: right, yeah. So our our studio is just a, uh, like I said, it's a, it's a, I, in a nutshell, it's a full service boutique. So um, small group classes, a lot of personal attention, uh, personal training, if uh, you have, if you're a therapeutic client. So I, um, I instruct a lot of people that have had either pre- existing injuries, maybe they've recovered, but not well recovered, uh, pre-surgeries, post-surgeries, chronic pain, uh, you know, chronic illness, you know, cancers, and so forth, and uh, a lot of spine and back issues, scoliosis, and so forth, um, I pretty much almost seen it all, but there's always you know some new uh, ailment that will come up, and it's you know what the, the best part about it is it it constantly makes me um, doing my research, uh, learning about the different illness that that people are having um, that occur. Um, lucky for me, I can knock on wood that I've only sustained one injury in my life, which was actually only about six months ago, I pulled a hamstring. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, it is it is not fun. But I've luckily, I've, uh, you know, been healthy and my family's healthy. So I just like to take care of other people.
4: Rightfully so. I, uh, you know, need some of that good luck because I've had every injury in the book. I've had four hip surgeries and one hip replacement. So yeah. It's, uh, you know, fractured elbow, pinky ankle, <laughs> but I, guess- oh,
3: well, I, I didn't add in, uh, uh, I didn't count my fractured fingers, you know, back in oh. when I was a kid playing basketball.
4: <laughs> well, I guess we can throw those in there.
3: Yeah. Uh, if we're counting, if we're counting war wounds, we can throw those in.
4: Right. Yeah. We're counting little, uh, little things that we can't really do much about. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, one of those things where for me, it was, couldn't really avoid it, but the doctors could have identified it sooner had they known, but that's another conversation. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Lori, you know, with your new facility, you know, how big is it? How many members do you currently have?
3: Okay. So we are around um, at about 2,800 square feet. So it's not huge. Um, It has two separate rooms. So we have a designated uh, area for our Pilates, which is only five reformers. So five sets of all equipment. And then I have a little subsequent space uh, adjacent to that. That is kind of like my PT area so that I can um, have all the equipment uh, ready for a personal training session at any time of the day, whether there's a class going on or not. We have a wellness room. So we have one room that the four therapists share. And then uh, we also have a adjacent uh, small room for fitness. We have um, TRX in there, all kinds of um, medicine balls and kettlebells and dumbbells and weights and Battle ropes and mini trampolines. So in that room, we do some cardio classes. We also, um, I have separate uh, yoga instructors that come and do some restorative yoga and some power flow yoga. Um, And then, as far as members go, you know, we have a couple of ways that um, that we uh, get a lot of our clients. So I have members. I have about literally only twenty-two members, um, but uh, they are. Pretty much you're, you're, you're very consistent, always there, always in the studio. Um, I'm not one of those business people that want people to pay for a membership and not use it. Um, I'm not a numbers person. I don't think more members is always going to be better. I want people to come and and come in and, and, and pay for a service, a quality service, and be happy that, about that. Um, so I don't uh, have super cheap prices. No, I don't have really expensive prices, uh, even though it is pretty much, you know, semi-private or private training all the time Um, and uh, retention. So retention is a a big deal for me. And like I said, if I have 50 people coming through my door, you you know, numerous times all week long, and those people are overly overjoyed and happy and they're making progress, and they're complimenting themselves because they're pain-free, that's a success in my book.
4: I'll take anything pain-free.
3: Yeah. Yeah. When you have pain, you realize how sympathetic or how, you know, how awful it is to live with pain.
4: Yeah, it is. And it, it, even more so, it's like, you know, you need to go get it fixed, but you just don't do it.
3: Yes. That is a common occurrence
4: anything but um yeah no that that's you know um 20 hundred feet got a couple of rooms set up you know a few different ways for you know x y and z um so you know you've been in business you know uh a little while now
3: over 10 years
4: yep so a little while now um but you know kind of what's what walk us through like you know you got, you have, you have some goals that you want to shoot for, obviously you just celebrate a new building, which is amazing. But, you know, as far as like, you know, maximizing what you want to do inside the facility, what does that kind of look like you? you Obviously, you know, more members is always great. You know, you want to keep the quality with the membership, which I totally understand that. Um, walk us through, you know, where, where is this vision going to take you in the next maybe three to five years?
3: So, uh, for the business, I, um, A goal of mine, of course, is to always increase membership. I would, you know, love as many members um, as possible. Um, And and then, of course, retaining those members, because like I said, it's not a numbers game. You know, I don't want them to just come and go. I want them to stay with us. Um, I've been training certain uh, clients almost my whole entire certification time, my whole 10 years, I've been working on some of the same clients and they're, they're well into their eighties and nineties and they're still coming twice a week. Yes. So, um, that to me is, um, a great inspiration and, um, and that's kind of, I want to educate younger people that, um, that they need to start, uh, training wisely and start um, recognizing that uh, the, if they have imbalances in their body or over or, um, uh, workout burnout or, um, you know, where you've just, you've just, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You've just, um, you know, you, you've worked out so hard that you're just beating yourself up and you're not really... Have you know good gains anymore? You know it's 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 a a quality of sustaining it as opposed to just making it happen. So um, sustainability is a huge thing that I like to educate people on because we all have you know we've all been in really good shape. We've had you know the arms that we want or the abs that we want, but to sustain that to sustain that sometimes is not really uh, realistic. You know so just, so finding um a comfort in your body that is more about feeling good and feeling confident rather than you know just the uh the beautification and the what everybody thinks and that kind of thing and I mean just you know just to sustain good health um as far as like a personal goal for the studio, honestly I am um I'm gonna be fifty one in April and nice. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and my goal is to uh, maybe teach a little less. So you know, um, it's it's been very difficult over the past you know three to four years during um, throughout COVID. You know, it's it's hard to find really good quality instructors that kind of have the same passion you have and have that passion for your business. So when you have a small business with only one location, um, it becomes a it's a personal project of mine. So uh, when I have uh, instructors come in, and either they come in with a, a little too much arrogance and more of their um, their own uh, self fulfillment or their own um, ambitions. And those don't necessarily jive with mine. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's hard to keep them going. So I literally teach probably about seventy five percent of the classes and appointments. And um, as uh, fifty one, even though I have a lot of energy, it's uh, it's wearing because I I don't. Um, I, I don't hire out my marketing. I don't have a marketing team and I don't have an, a, uh, a bookkeeper and I don't have a janitor. And so I wear many hats oh, yeah. and yeah. And in order f- for me to sustain that energy and passion, I need to take a step back uh, from just the day-to-day instruction. But I mean, I, I love it. I love being with the clients. Um, I love the, the energy that they give me. So that's like a personal goal of mine. I would say like a a brand goal would be to just um, keep, I I want Pure Power Pilates to be a name that people associate with good health, friendly, uh, very uh, unintimidating atmosphere and environment. Because um, we can talk about Pilates is not something that everybody thinks that they can do. Um, fitness, on the other hand, is a little bit more mainstream. You know, it's um, been around a lot longer, even though Pilates has been around a really long time. But um, it, in the beginning, it was very exclusive. And um, and then there was a change in this business, and uh, I won't say a company name, but there has been a couple franchises that have tried to make Pilates a lot more inclusive, but has a negative impact on it. So um, I'd like to, uh, to to tell people that Pilates is something very, um, uh, so we teach a kind of a creative, modern approach uh, movement, which is stop Pilates out of Canada. And um, the exercises are, you know, we have a huge amount of exercises, you know, like over 200 different exercises that we can do on about three to four different pieces of equipment. And we can get really creative with that so that when a person comes into the studio, uh, they are never bored. They never get the same exact workout. Um, it's always something new and different. So, you know, it is. Um, and then, of course, we have a couple of different instructors giving them different styles. Um, that also is kind of, you know, creative in a sense as well. Um but you know, uh, sorry, I kind of rambled on. <laughs> uh, no
4: worries. Um, yeah, no. I mean, obviously, that that's a huge goal for you. You know, to be able to step back a little bit and trust the people that are there to carry out your vision and what you want to see in the in the facility with you know the 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 branding and you know what you want Pure Power to represent and things like that. So, yeah. Um, you know, so let's let's you know talk about it. You know, you obviously you said, you know. All the all the members in the world isn't like the biggest, you know, end all be all. However, everybody that you touch, you want them to come back. Um, which I, you know, the, the more people that I can remember you by, it's kind of like almost like you're leaving your legacy in a way. That's that, that's what I want. I want people to remember me because, you know, yeah. I did something for them, not just oh it's great workout, cool, see you bye. Like I I want them to be like, there was something different about that guy right there that just ah. Uh, so yeah, yeah. yes because yeah, it's, it, it's like you know you know without getting too far off topic here you know it's like you go throughout life you know you make friends you make memories people remember you and it's like what's the one thing you want people to do and no it's like I want them to remember who I was because exactly. you're gonna be long gone in the dirt or cremated or whatever, however you know want to do it right but it's, you got to leave something behind so
3: and it's exactly right yes it's it's not a it's not a matter of my measure of success is that I have a business that was able to go through one of the worst things that could have been um, imagined for the fitness industry. Basically, your own government telling you that you cannot work. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, with that, we, there were many times that I was about to throw in the towel and say, this ain't worth it. This is just, too much. Um, but we, but I stayed open for my clients. They came to me and they said, if I don't have this space, I don't have anything. Like I can't leave my house to go to work, but I can actually come to your safe space and move my body and get out a lot of my stress and anger and frustration about it. And, and to be perfectly honest, that is what kept me going.
1: that's uh
4: it's powerful
3: yeah yeah it is
4: you know to to all the because not everybody knows what it takes to you know go into a business and you know where you started from and you know proof in the pudding you know it's like you had an experience you had a you know uh uh, a situation that wasn't ideal for anybody and you took it and turned it into positive and you know, there's a lot of heartache that comes with all that. And so, you know, people just see, oh, there's a business here, let's go check it out. And it's like, you don't really know. There, there's so much intimacy and, and and creation and culture behind you know what's what's going into it. So yeah. Um, you know, so back to what I was originally gonna ask is, you know, obviously, like you said, growing members is gonna be great, it's gonna allow you to do more things, you know. You've been in the business for a little bit now, all mm-hmm. is good, and you know, we want that for you. What does your life look like when you take that step back? You know, obviously you got many, several different hats that you wear, you know, you bring somebody on or you step back and somebody else steps up, you know, what's, what's that going to do for you? How's that going to change your dynamic and what's that going to allow you to do most importantly?
3: Well, um, let's see. So uh, at, at 51 years old, I sprung (laughs) chicken. I like to think so. (laughs) The number that when I look at when I like I'm looking at myself in the camera I'm like oh yeah you you got this you know you got many more years. Um, There's always of course my uh, you know my mother's illness always in the back of my head. Um, So uh, I never feel like you know I, I have you know 50 more years or something. There's always that little thing telling me that, uh, you know, hey, if I have another good 20, I'll I'll be, you know, I'll be very lucky. Um, (laughs) uh, What it looks like for me is um, my kids are out of college now. And um, I would like to, uh, I've been kind of, you know, uh, the the, the mom that ran a business but stayed close to home either ran the business from home or, or my studio literally is four minutes from my house. So I've always been very hands on when it came to family and um, I would like to have a little bit more, um, you know, time to go and experience other things that uh that life has to offer, you know, maybe a little bit of travel or just the free time to, I've had some family members move, to, move out of California. So I'd like to be able to, you know, just, uh, you know, just decide to up and go and, you know, do some other things that, uh, that interest me. Um, but I do want to take, I feel like I do want to take my, my passion for helping people and uh, continue something else that's outside of the studio that might also, you um, Help me to achieve that uh fulfillment I have for, you know, for helping helping people age gracefully and and live long and and uh you know just enjoy their their later years. Uh, you know, you know, just because you're retired, you're you know, you have you have a couple, there's I, I've noticed that there's a couple different groups out there. You you either retire and you um you sit at home and watch life go by. And then there's the retirees that like, are like, that this is finally my time to like, get going. And um, I want to be one of those people, (laughs) you know, I want to, I want to support this business and keep it going. Also, so that, uh, that me as a person can enjoy coming to the space, and not necessarily just being the boss or the one that runs everything, but being the person that gets to enjoy the amenities that it has to offer.
4: Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, people ask, well, what's your end game? You know, what's, you know, what's life look like when you're done? It's like, what do you mean? Like, you're never going to stop. It's just, you just, you, you pivot and you turn and that's the new direction. Um, exactly. So yeah, no, lo- love that, you know, family is everything, you know, I, uh, you know, my dad, I, I think about the same thing, you know, my dad passed away with, you know, some, um, you know, illnesses and stuff like that. And so it's always in the back of my head, like I gotta stay healthy. I gotta, you know, eat right. I gotta do all the things to, to give myself the best chance and stuff like that. And it's, it's, it's not for me, it's for everybody else. Um, you know, me is just like the benefit. Cause you get to look at yourself and say, Oh, I've done this, this, and this. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. so what, you know, circling back to that that original statement. You know, what from this point on to whatever that day comes. You know, what needs to happen for you to be a comfortable and be in a place, whether it's you know financially if you're already there, or if you you know there's still some things you have to put in place. You know, what what's that look like to be able to get to that point where you can say, "Hey, I'm going to go do these things." You know, this is how we're going to communicate.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um- that's, a uh, sometimes as a business owner that doesn't have a business degree and that didn't study, you know, economics and finance and so forth. Um, I feel like that I'm always looking and researching for the right answers, um, to those questions. Like, you know, even, even in like my personal finances, uh you know, living on a budget has never been like a strong thing for me, you know, like it's been a difficult thing, you know, kids always asking you and yours is young, but kids are always asking for something, you're handing them money here, the credit card there, you know, and so, um, you know, trying to find some sort of like structure, uh, that basically says like, Hey, you know, you need to, you know, make, or your, your business needs to bring in X number of dollars and you can't spend more than this. So that within five years, you're going to have this nice little nest egg or whatever. Um, those are things that I think are really difficult, you know, because there's always something that comes up. There's always, you know, something that you're like, ah, you know, this piece of equipment's not working and this needs to be repaired. Um, you know, luckily we had, uh, we had a leak in the roof. Luckily, you know, our landlord took care of that, but, you know, there's always going to be something. Um, so I don't really know. Um, I do know that I need to find someone that loves the studio as much as I do. I have a couple people that definitely do Um And uh, and hopefully one of these days, you know, um, I can have that conversation with them and hopefully someone will want to uh, to run it from day to day. That would be ideal for me and for me to become more of the person that just kind of oversees instead of the person that is always taking care of everything. (laughs) That's like I'm like the mom of the studio. (laughs)
4: I mean, it is your baby.
3: Yes, it is. It is. But I have a great support system at home. That's what makes it all possible. So
4: that's the best. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Cause otherwise it's like, okay, they're pulling you this way and you're trying to go that way. And it's like, where do you find the middle ground? And
3: yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, just even, um, navigating, uh, different marketing styles. You know, um, when I first opened up my business, um, I was putting ads in the local little paper, you know, and then, you know, and, and within only 10 years, you know, it's completely pivoted to like no paper. Are you crazy? What are you going to pay people? Why are you going to send out postcards? Everything is, you know, social media and the internet and your website. And, um, even those, those things existed when I first started, but that is, I mean, if you don't have a good website and a presence on social media, no one knows who you are.
4: Sadly, it's true. <laughs>
3: right.
4: You know, it, it's, it's becoming, it's, it's almost like, you know, my, my two takes on this and then I'll, I'll circle back around here. You know, social media, it's like, it's becoming a thing of the future already is a thing of the future. But then also, I think just recently, and I could be way off, but I feel also like sometimes some people are starting to kind of revert back to the old ways in a way where it's like that, that, that person to person, like, you know, Hey, I've, I've talked to this person six months on the internet, never met him a day in my life, you know, kind of thing. It's like, there's always something about that person to person interaction. That's always going to bring more.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah
4: you know, value uh, or, uh, um, yeah, exactly.
3: And, and, to... and a good example of that is, um, I will get people leaving me messages on our actual voicemail recorder, right? Cause I still do that. And, um, if I, uh, and I'm usually the, the only one that takes the messages and calls people back. And I literally have people that saying, oh my God, thank you so much for returning my call." and they like they've never had anybody call them back before so like oh i've called so many studios and no one ever calls me um so honestly i i guess you know just having a little bit of that traditional communication and professionalism get, goes a long way still
4: absolutely and it, it's you know uh, like that great first impression you know you get 20 seconds to make a first impression you know, after that, they already have some kind of formulated idea of, oh, you know, who this person is or what this place is like and, you know, so on and so forth. So, yeah, um, yeah, I'll always value human interaction over computer any days. However, you know, the the way the world is, you know, we have social media marketing and, you know, that's, you know, where I, you know, in the industry today, most fitness facilities, whether it's Pilates or CrossFit or whatever, you know, they're, they're, it's there. It has to be there, you know, because otherwise... Right the Joe Schmo down the streets using it. And then they're finding them first and not you. Um, yeah. So, sure. you know, this way, this way it goes. Um, mm-hmm. Do you currently do paid advertising or, you know, it sounds like you've done it in the past with, you know, certain things, but do you, are you currently doing like Facebook, Instagram ads, anything to kind of throw yourself out there more?
3: I actually don't. Um, I have, found that unless you invest a whole lot of money it doesn't really pay off and why do you think that um i uh i've never quite understood uh the algorithms that they use but um i have i mean if i had if I had all the money that I um, have invested in, in marketing campaigns that didn't go, that didn't make any money, um, I could just retire now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I could tell you what not to do, but I'm still looking for the thing to do. So honestly, I have, I try to um, uh, try to reinforce referrals. Um I talked, of my clients and I'm always telling them, Hey, if you, if you know, people uh, that, you know, need, want to come in or help, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll work with them and, um, and give them, you know, give uh, clients a little bit of a reward or a kickback for that. Um, But yeah, no paid marketing has never really, really worked for me. Um, Most of my clients, and I can be actually really um, truthful about every single one of my Instagram followers have followed me organically. I've never paid for followers. So I'm pretty proud of my 1300 followers. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) They probably know me personally. I don't know. Um, And, uh, you know, so um, I'll tell you this. So my um, architectural background has, I always remembered this, and this is uh, something that I, and again, I'm going to, I forget who, whose quote this was, but um, quality over quantity. And I stand by that. Yep. I stand by that. So I even tell people that when it comes to Pilates, um, it's the quality of the work and not how many reps you do, because if you do five great ones, there's no reason to do 25 bad ones.
4: True. Save yourself the pain of. You know, all those uh we'll we'll say mistakes, not failures, um, to you know, find the one good thing that does work. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, it, you yeah, know, unfortunate that, you know, you not had the the resilience and the luck of, you know, marketing, but you know, just for the sake of asking the question, you know, is that something if you had the right person that did the right things, that you like the right results that happen. Is that something that you'd be open to either in the future or to get you over to the next level? I guess level's not really where. Oh
3: yeah. A- absolutely. Um, I look at it this way. Um, if if someone could, you know, and there's no guarantees, but if 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 the right dollar amount gave me the right person, the right place with the right format, I'm all there. Yeah. I honestly think that sometimes um you know i've i've tried that to if i'm just able to talk to people if i can get people to come in and meet or get them on the phone and i can actually talk to them i feel like our studio sells itself because i'm pretty passionate and confident about what the studio has to offer and the environment um uh and i'm i'm Strangely enough, I'm not really super confident as far as like being on camera and filming myself. I'm not, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm a Gen X. I, uh, I, you know, my public speaking, my teaching is, uh, I'm very comfortable in front of people. But if I have to, uh, I'm not one to, I don't take selfies. I don't, (laughs) I don't video my, take myself, you know, all day long and, and post it and things like that. But Um, sometimes I think that's, that's, that's what people are looking for. They want someone, someone's face to tell them that they need to do this or that they should do this.
1: Yeah. So,
4: well, all good things there, you know, obviously, you know, marketing is just one of those things where, you know, there's so many different ways to do it and one might be more effective than the other, but then that same strategy that was more effective could be less effective. And it's, it's a, a ever evolving game that, you know, unless you're consistently reevaluating and making sure the right ple- the right tactics are in place to be able to maximize, you know, uh, ROI or, you know, gain and stuff like that. But yeah. Um, well, cool. Uh, I think that's a good place to wrap up two last okay. things for you, Ms. Uh-huh. Lori. First thing is if somebody was looking to start a business in the health, wellness, fitness industry, we'll just broaden it. What words of advice would you give them and why?
3: Okay. My first and foremost thing that I would tell somebody is don't invest your own money. Um, Cause uh, I did that. I invested my own money and it felt like in the beginning that I was never going to pay myself back. Um, so I would definitely advise uh, that if you're going to start a business, um, have a good business plan, and and go get a good uh, you know line of credit or a business loan uh, that you know with a financial institution that is that sees your ambition and your passion and wants to back you up. That would be my first, that would be my biggest thing. Um, I always tell my family that, um, if you find something you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Um, so also if you're going to start a business, don't just pick a business that you think is going to be the most successful business or that, um, is going to make you the most amount of money because, uh, you may hate every day that you're doing it, even though you might have all the money in the world. Money doesn't buy you happiness, so do something you love, something that you're passionate about.
4: I love that. Love that. You know, it's it's almost like one of those things you gotta you gotta beat to the core because you know money doesn't buy happiness, but it does buy you a lot of opportunities to be able to do things that create happiness. Um. Sure. So. <laughs> You know in in a world uh, perfect world, you know it's money can be the devil, but can also be the key to um unleashing the happiness, I guess in a way, but once you have everything, then it's like, okay, now what you got enough money to do whatever you can, now you gotta make right. all the connections and now'll make the memories, so
3: right, yeah, you
4: can do both or flip flop it, but um well, cool, and then last piece here as we uh finish up is. You know, how can everybody reach you? Instagram, Facebook, website, you know, what's, what's the ways that they can uh, get on to you?
3: All right. Well, um, we can always be reached locally, of course, in San Diego at our studio location. Um, but globally, uh, from our website, uh, we are at www.purepowerpilatessd.com. Um, You can find us on Instagram at Pure Power Pilates and also on Facebook at Pure Power Pilates.
4: Awesome. Clicking the follow button right now as we speak. Um, (laughs) But no, awesome. Well, hey, I appreciate the conversation today, you know, kind of a little background and really why you got started and, you know, how it's carried you through, you know, day in and day out through all the hard times, the days that you probably feel like quitting and you know, everything that goes with the business and whatnot. So appreciate that. Um, And all of our listeners out there do too. Um, For everybody out there listening, if this story inspired you or made you decide that, you know, you want to share your perspective on something that you're doing, whether it be Pilates, whether it be yoga, fitness um, in general, CrossFit, whatever the case might be, um, feel free to click on the link below, type in all the info. We'll reach out, we'll get you on the show. But until then, y'all, that's been another episode of the
0: Gym Lords Podcast. Gym Lords out. Now stick around for the rest of this episode.
3: Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders.
5: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us on the show today, we have Mr. Danny Lear of Excel Health and Fitness joining us from Manteca. California. Danny what is going on my man how are you? Oh man just enjoying this beautiful day Joe. Enjoying a beautiful day I almost feel like you're rubbing it in not so beautiful here in New York but (laughs) it's something's coming here soon 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 I keep telling myself day after day. Anyway Danny obviously our our conversation is going to be geared around Excel. Before we get into the business side of things and, and pick your brain and see what we can uncover talk to us about what Excel is for the people listening who aren't familiar with the brand Excel Health and Fitness in your own words. What is this?
6: Well, so we started off as uh, just only CrossFit, CrossFit Excel, um, in uh, in actually my the co-founder's garage. He was just working out in the mornings, and then his neighbors asked if they could join. And then pretty soon he had more people than he had equipment, and so started realizing he needed to buy some equipment and decided he should start you know charging people. Uh, and so as most
5: crossfit gyms get their start
6: (laughs) that's it in 2008 um and then so 2008 and then we kind of have grown since then um this must have been one of the
5: earlier affiliates then
6: i don't know what our number is now um but as other people you know washed out and everything but yeah pretty pretty early on still for sure yeah Um, And so, yeah, so now we're, we're still going strong. We're uh, we have a location. It's about 10,000 square feet. We've added on some different programs over the time. Uh, We have a full uh, basically independently operating yoga studio um, under the same roof, Excel yoga. So Excel health and fitness is home to uh, CrossFit, Excel, Excel yoga, uh, Excel nutrition, uh, CrossFit kids and, and uh, some other, some other things like that. All kinds of different offerings
5: under the same umbrella. Now, mm-hmm. for your involvement, Danny, were you there since the beginning in two thousand eight, or did you come on later?
6: Uh, I came on uh, just a few months after he had actually like formed the business. Um, he had just got the lease on a on a little building in town. You know, eight hundred square feet, I think, and then had a, another eight hundred square feet of outdoor patio space, uh, which in California is more helpful than in New York. Um, and so you are not yeah right. and so he was doing all the classes himself you know and kind of needed some help with that um and so anyway uh so I was teaching PE uh at that time um he was also a PE teacher and so uh we just kind of joined up from there and then um man, everything's kind of history. <laughs> yeah, and the, yeah and then the rest has been the last 15 years so. yeah a decade
5: and a half later here we are it sounds like uh, a little bit different of an appearance at least in 2023 than in 2008 but look back on that time for a minute yeah. and, and just sort of reminisce 15 years as a gym owner what's been what's been the favorite
6: best part for you and what's been the toughest yeah. most challenging part for you i mean we have some people we have some members that were with us 15 years ago um and that's that's a that's lot awesome. of fun Um, One of them is actually the, his, his grandma. Uh, She's like 86 now, I think. And dude, she's in there three days a week uh, in class getting after it. And so that brings me to one of my kind of favorite things is just the, the impact on people's lives, uh, outside of the gym. Right. So for example, uh, Lita, like I said, she's I think 86 years old, like two years ago, she broke her ankle, like stepped off a curb, broke her ankle and like stepped off weird or whatever and what happened is that her uh ankle healed and now she's fine right. and that sounds like a like a, a not exciting story <laughs> until you realize like all right now think of this like do you know someone who's 85 years old or 84 85 right and if you imagine that person like broke their ankle like what does that look like is it a three are they in a cast and three and i'm using crutches and then three months later they're fine and running um is yeah, that you know the, is that the way you see it or, or or maybe not right a lot of times for people that type of thing is kind of the beginning of the end right it's like oh now you're bedridden for a little bit and and you know all the issues that come along with that and other health things you know um or you know getting an infection from the surgery to fix it or you know there are different things and so that that's what i what I really uh what stands out to me what I really love about the gym is the the people and um the impact on their lives outside and then one more thing on that is you know people the word community gets thrown around a lot you know in the gym space but that's something we we do really spend a lot of energy on and um you know I love it man like every time I see on on uh social media the one of our members out to dinner you know with uh with someone else the other person they're out to dinner with is always other members of the gym Mm. right and I just I just love that man just everyone you know uh hanging out with each other outside the gym as well and and bigger than the wad
5: bigger than sets
6: and reps for sure that's that's exactly it so
5: okay now like you said that's that's the fun part of it that's been our favorite thing flip that around on its head everybody that's that's spent time whether in CrossFit or fitness in general knows that it hasn't always been sunshine and rainbows right. in the last 15 years. What's been What's been the the hardest, most challenging aspect for you?
6: Um. Well, probably maybe the most stressful time was you know um, weathering some lawsuits. Mm. <laughs> yep. One, I'll I'll talk about it. One particular time, it was uh, there was a ladder incident. You know, and this is you know I mean, we can get in details if you want, but essentially um a ladder fell on somebody it was a ghost ghost did it nobody saw (laughs) nobody claimed any responsibility it was like on a saturday anyway it was weird anyway ladder fell on someone broke their neck and i mean i felt terrible right like this was like a bad situation thank god for insurance this episode should be sponsored by an insurance company um anyway so it all got handled in the end it ended up being you know the gym was okay the individual that was injured is okay like it all you know the suits all got worked out and you know in court and that type of thing um but i'll tell you what man not not a lot more stressful than um you know getting sued and to tell the truth like i mean fuck man rightfully so you know
5: (laughs) yeah not quite something uh, you think about when you're drawing out the plans hey if we get 200 members at 200 bucks a month we're gonna be swimming in cash and then
6: something yeah comes up keep your keep your insurance valid that'd be the biggest tip yeah yeah.
5: make sure your premiums are paid
6: yeah make sure your premiums are paid man that's for sure um you know and then also there's the the different things too right like you decide okay if you you know, if you expand or you okay, move to a bigger facility, that always seems like the oh, it's gonna be great and all that, you know, and sometimes not. You know, sometimes I wonder if we would, or I don't even know, wonder sometimes I wish I don't know. Uh, grass is always greener though, but anyway, if I were to do it all over again, would I uh, go the route we went moving to a bigger facility and, and bringing on more programs, or would you be better? Would have been better off staying in a smaller building and and doing one thing and hammering that one thing right yeah. um you know one route you can help more people the other route the help you give to people might be uh better <laughs> right yeah. um so that's a that's another kind of challenge that i struggle with sometimes
5: there's a story that uh, a guy in our industry named pete dupuy tells quite often and it's uh, we started out in a 1500 square foot hole in the wall. We were doing PT and semi training. We had a pretty good work-life balance at that point. And so things were going so well that we expanded. We got this huge new facility, brand new equipment. Suddenly we're 200 grand in the hole. We've got eight employees and I have all of these worries. Then I fixed those challenges. We're able to, to get the business to a pretty good place where I can buy some of my time back and I open up a 1500 square foot facility to do semi-private training and have a good work life balance. It, it's a, it sounds incredibly similar to, to what you're yeah. saying is maybe bigger isn't always better. And there's no shortage of, of tales of, crossfit gyms or or gyms nonetheless that well have this ego challenge and just go bigger and bigger and bigger and then yeah. find themselves with bigger challenges as well
6: you know you, you know yeah it's the the you know the guy who's talking to the uh mexican fisherman and the guy's crushing it catching fish he said man you should charter you should you know let people pay you and you take them out and have them fish <laughs> you know and yeah. and he's a little why would i do that and he's like well you, you make more money and then and then what do i do he's like, well then you get it you know, you can buy a second boat and hire a second captain. You can take more people out and, you know, and they can can all fish and everything. And he goes, well, then what do I do? He goes, well, then, you know, if you do that and really work hard at it and you get up to five boats or so, you know, then you can have other people do that and you can hang out on the beach and fish all day. The perfect (laughs) analogy.
5: Same thing he's doing right now. The perfect, Uh, perfect analogy.
6: Yeah, Yeah. I don't know if it's an ego thing or also it's just, you know, you'd see, hey, it's crammed, wouldn't it be awesome? If we could have you know twice yeah. as many people in here, you know, working out and getting after it, yeah. and all uh, that. Anyway, so fifteen yeah.
5: years in, we we've gained a bit of knowledge, and and hopefully we are known as a bit better of a business owner today than we were two thousand eight. Yeah, for sure. Talk to me throughout that time. So many people listen to this show just to figure out how do we find potential customers, potential members? What do you think you've done in the last 15 years that that's been successful to get some people in and where have you either spent some time or some money that you wouldn't recommend to people?
6: Sure. I mean, one thing that we really focus on, that we still focus on and have a really long time is the best way to grow your business is to stop losing people. Right. So uh, it's, uh, that's where we really focus on is like, let's plug these holes in the bucket, right? Like if, if you think of this way, right? If you never lost a client, like if you still had every customer that ever joined, right? like how many clients would you have? And so that's something we, we think about, you know, frequently. And, and so what we do is we host a lot of events. So every month we do an, an event for the community. And those events do a few things. One, they, they get people hanging out outside of the regular class of the gym and they become better friends with each other. They get to know you better. They get to know the coaches better and all those things, you know, encourage them to stick around. And because if they're, if they are friends with the people at the gym, they're going to go to the gym. And when they don't go, people are going to ask them where they were. And it's this thing to have in common with people. The other thing is they're going to invite their friends. They're going to bring more people to it. You know, we had a guy who, him and his children both came and then his wife showed up. She joined and she said, and I was like, oh, I decided to, you know, it sounded great, whatever. He decided to sign up because Alan's been talking about it. She goes, man, I just wanted to be a part of the conversation at the dinner table. <laughs> I didn't know what the hell these guys were talking about, man. Like I had to like figure this out. So, you know, that, that's kind of what we really focus on is, is events, getting people. How can we foster that community? How can we get people to build relationships with one another and, and that type of thing? So that's something that that really has done well. Also, it's something to invite friends to. You know, on this Saturday, it's a Saturday before Valentine's Day, and so we're doing a, a Valentine's Day workout wad and brunch, right? And so it's like, bring down, you know, bring down somebody, and it's going to be a partner workout, and it's designed that so anybody can do it, even if they don't have any experience in CrossFit, and then afterwards, we're um, we're going to feed them and booze them, right? And so it's like, you know, come down, we'll have mimosa on Saturday, mimosa, bloody Mary's (laughs) and brunch. And we're providing it all. Like we're, we're catering the food. We're catering the booze. And, and I, you know, look, if you can't get your wife to come down, you know, come down to the gym when we're going to give you free booze, like I got nothing else for you. You know, she's not, she's not coming ever. (laughs) She's not coming anyway. And you know that goes both ways too, right? Like, yes, the woman's trying to get her husband down there. We think it's just something his wife does with her little girlfriends type thing. It's like you know, all of a sudden there's a, a breakfast buffet and uh, an alcohol involved, and you might get him to show up one day, right? Um, and so, and you know, then also we'll do a, a family event where we get, you know, we got big open facilities, big gyms. We'll get you know, a couple two or three bounce houses, you know, blow them up in the gym, and then same thing. And then we have you know, some food catered, you know, get a taco cart out there making fresh tacos for everybody and um and that type of stuff. So anyway, it's just yeah, having events that give people an excuse to to bring down their friends and family and come and come to the gym for something that may not just be a workout, whatever, right?
5: Yeah. And so like you said, it it serves uh, multiple purposes here. One it speaks a lot to that retention metric that you led off with. A lot mm-hmm. easier to grow a gym if we're not bleeding out members. Two, uh, we'll we'll file it in the category of what's been coined as experiential marketing. But getting people right. to do something that's not the thing that we're selling. Right. Right. And so, how can we? lower the barrier to entry how can we encourage people who might not step foot in this sort of arena to do so just to test drive the car yeah after that we can have a much more educated conversation on if it makes sense for you or not for you guys doing that month after month and there's there's a cost to it i'm sure time and energy and dollars yeah. it sounds like we're we're putting money into this have you guys do, do the majority of your leads come from those types of things? Do we have other buckets that we invest dollars into in any yeah, kind of advertising do,
6: sense? Yeah, we do classic advertising as well as far as like we do social media, you know, advertising through Facebook, Instagram, um, that type of thing. Um, we don't spend a lot on Google, but just like very kind of minimum, just like, you know, pay to play type thing. If someone searches our name, we want to make sure it comes up. Um, but that's pretty, pretty minimal type thing there. Um, so we did those things as well. We run different initiatives or different programs for the yoga program, something that had a lot of success. One great thing about yoga is that, you know, you don't really need like an on-ramp type thing, you know, you can kind of just start going to class. And so, you know, what worked really well is like a 30 days for $30, right. And just run its smash to that. And we did that for, one month, get forty-two people that signed up and paid their thirty dollars for thirty days, and um, I think we in total spent like five hundred dollars on those ads, just from the thirty dollars per person. That was you know twelve hundred dollars, um, and so we we're cash flow positive out the gate. And then in addition, to that you know a lot of those people stick around on memberships, right? So you end know, up taking you know whatever north forty percent or more of them usually end up on a long term membership. And so that's one way to kind of juice juice the members, get a little injection there. Um, but the challenge is we can't do that exact same thing with the CrossFit program because we can't just have people going up to class on any sort of training for an entire month. You could do a right. week, like you could do like a bring a friend week and, and all of the programming so it makes sense. But, you know, for like a month long, 30 days for $30, you'd have to uh, work around that, figure some things out, you know.
5: I think that, that low barrier offer has been tried again and again and again. And especially in the CrossFit space where we need a little bit more guidance. Yeah. You can't just throw 30 new people into a program yeah. like that. It's dangerous. You're going to have yeah. a couple other lawsuits to deal with Yeah, at that point. And even with the scalability of CrossFit, it just never works out. People that are looking for, that low of a dollar commitment right even usually don't tend to work out to be that great of a member right you know it's a it's yeah. a big headache for an owner it's a it's a lot of challenges that don't get seen in the financials at least
6: yeah exactly that's something that yeah it can work for different programs like i said it works for the yoga program it does not work for a program right? right it's an entirely right. different a whole different animal yeah now, take me to the next step. I want
5: to I explore beyond marketing. Just getting leads is half the battle. At some point, we need to transition these into paying members. And so somebody's interested. They contact you guys. Walk me through the, the different checkpoints of how somebody would actually go about signing up.
6: Yeah, so we do an a, a, a intro class. And so it is a you know, one free intro workout, which is really a, a sales session as much as anything else. So they come down. They meet one-on-one um with our you know our we call them like our ambassador basically you know we meet one-on-one with them um kind of goes over a, a park q <laughs> form with them a readiness questionnaire then takes them into the gym actually does a, teach them a few different things uh does a sh- relatively short workout with them um then they go back in the office and sit down and kind of recap how the workout went and and prior to the workout also in that that physical readiness questionnaire they also talk about their goals why they're there what they're trying to accomplish all that type of stuff so anyway i go do a little short workout after the workout um you know give him a high five give him a free fit aid man he crushed it normally these things get those endorphins flowing this this one's on the house you know because he did such a great job um and then yeah and then talk to him kind of about you know all right do you that workout have you done something like that before when's the last time that you know someone coached you through movements and taught you something you know taught you how to work out and and do you think that this program would help you reach your goals that you told me half earlier and uh and then if they sign up then we have an on-ramp which is like uh four more one-on-one sessions um i see and see so yeah,
5: and everybody goes that route the on-ramp yeah. route
6: Yep, okay. so you do three three more one-on-one sessions and they have two weeks of classes. After two weeks of regular classes, they have one more final one-on-one session. It's kind of like, all right, gone to class for two weeks. You know, what do you feel like you need to work on or what was confusing or what was scary or, you know, it's kind of like a, and if they're like, nah, everything's great. It's like, all right, cool. So we can just kind of do some higher level stuff or help them out in that session. So in the end, they all end up with, you know, four or five personal training sessions um, as the on-ramp. And what we do is that's like a, part of big part of a value proposition so when people sign up basically if they're going to sign up on an agreement um because everyone's on agreements 6 12 or 18 month agreements to go sign up on a you know if you sign up on a plan then this on-ramp program which would normally have you know x dollars whatever um we'll just we can include that free you can just start your first month right now and so that's that's been a really effective way to kind of get people straight onto these, onto plans, onto agreements. And then we just, then we do the on-ramp program basically as their first month of their plan.
5: Sure. Okay. So build some urgency, get them in,
6: and then so deliver emergency. on all of these mm-hmm. things. Exactly. And so, and again, you have the value of all those, of the on-ramp programs, the one-on-one sessions, but, you know, we'll comp those. Like, that's just a part of these, just sign up on the plan, you start your regular payments today, and we'll just include those for you at no cost. Got it. Okay.
5: For you guys, I mean, you've been doing this for 15 years, so is... We haven't been doing that for 15 years, right? Like, <laughs> We haven't had it this well articulated, at least. Yeah, yeah. As, as time goes on here, is the focus still on filling out that roster and getting to whatever perceived capacity is? Is the focus something else? That we haven't even talked about yet where are you thinking as the owner of all of this as time goes on
6: yeah so I mean you know things kind of go up and down over time right um and right now where we're at is we're looking at to to grow a little more we had you know through the whole 2020 that that situation we actually weathered the storm pretty good um and afterwards we saw a pretty big spike in membership and then it kind of dipped down over the last you know, uh, like last half of last year. So this year we're, okay, let's, you know, kind of time some things up, let's get this together more. Um, and you know, when you're in business for so long, it's, uh, this isn't necessarily good, but it's relatively inevitable. You go through little walls or little, little times where you might kind of be in cruise control or focusing on different things yeah. and then one day you look up and you're like oh man i gotta it's time to get our shit together Not <laughs> unlike yeah. fitness you know people's yeah. personal fitness journeys are Every, kind of similar everything thing in, everything in life right anyways yeah. so that's where i right now we're looking to grow this year um 2023 looking to just grow 25 percent um overall and if that means you know just in uh how much what percentage of that is through the yoga program or through the CrossFit program or, or through those different things, you know, but we're just kind of looking to, to get that membership up about 25%. And so far, you know, whatever we're month, month in, and we've got, we've had some growth already. And so excited about that. And, and yeah, seeing if we can hit that right now, we have we're right around 300, 300 members in total between three and three fifty. Um, and so we want to get up over 400. We have the space for it. We have the programs for it. Um, and so I'd like to, to fill that in. Sure. Now, and I hate
5: to be the, the naysayer here, but it's, oh, dude, it's easier it. to say it than to do it. What do you think could pr- provide some, some hurdles for you in the pursuit of getting that done?
6: Well, you know, talk about like marketing stuff earlier, like, I, I'm kind of a believer. I think everything works uh, if if you stick to it long enough, right? And so the the hurdles are going to be but what are the things that, that work the best, right? Like it's easy to kind of find something that you think is going to work and then maybe it doesn't right away. The, the hurdle is deciding when to give up on something um, and when to move on to a different idea or when to just Keep fucking hammering at it until it works, <laughs> because I do believe that everything everything can work. Uh, to now, what whether degree? Not, <laughs> now, yeah, to what degree? And does that mean that you can make everything work? Right? Like some people are just really good at whatever fucking home mailers. Some people are really good at Facebook ads. Some people are really good at um, you know uh, working with other businesses and stuff and collaboration and things. And so. Yeah, finding what what works best for you or or knowing when to when to quit one project and move on to another <laughs> or when to keep working on that project. I mean, I think that's the biggest challenge. And I mean shit, yeah. in all business, you know, gym's not not excluded.
5: I think and and this is opinion of my own. So take this with a grain of salt, but for people that have been in the industry or own gyms for 10 years plus, of course. Yeah money is an important resource but i find that time is a much mm-hmm. more strategically used commodity and so what you're yeah. saying yeah could we get this strategy to work of course at some point i'm gonna eventually figure it out if i just keep hammering away but how much of my time is worth it you know like yeah should i do this Over and over again, or is there a different or better way? I think these are these are questions that all business owners need to be asking of is there a different or a better way I can be doing this while still staying true to to core values and the intentions that you had when you opened up your own business. I think it's a delicate, delicate balance. Now we're running a bit shy on time here, uh, but one final question for you, and we'll begin to wrap things up here. What do you think the industry is going to face as far as challenges? Big picture macro here. What do you think might pose some issues to fitness in general as time goes on?
6: Well, you know, not to be like doomsday or whatever, but I mean, the the economy is a very real factor that's coming to effect. And we keep seeing like these big tech companies are laying off Pretty large quantities of people. Right? It's not like oh yeah, really have...
5: ten thousand people in a day. Yeah,
6: exactly same thing. Like Google, like whatever. Okay, we're yeah. you know five thousand people in one day. Facebook is firing ten thousand people in one day. Twitter is firing five thousand people in one shot. And if you're talking about that, so if you're seeing that with with companies of that scale, you know you gotta imagine that's gonna, that's gonna trickle down to smaller companies as well. And as much as I kind of have this belief that um you know you only control what you control and and you know um, I'm not saying stress out about those things right whatever but you know if people aren't working uh they're less likely to join your gym right um and so I think that's That's something that that is definitely um gonna gonna come up now do I think that's going to Definitely result in in fewer memberships or whatever. I mean, not necessarily. Like people got money, man. Like you, you know, there's plenty well, of people
5: that still do. That's for sure. there's Plenty of
6: people, yeah. There's plenty of people that still have jobs and and good paying jobs and all of that. Um, but you know, is that going to cut down on the on the number of leads you have or quality leads? You know, I think I think that's possible. And so, you know. There's definitely going to be some sort of a challenge there. How much your, how much your particular gym realizes that, um, you know, I, I don't know. Or are you going to have this thing of people lose a job and all of a sudden they're out of work? And, and so they, even though they, they uh, are happy with your gym and, and really value what you do for them, at a certain point like the $20 globo gym is what they need yeah. to do for a period of months or whatever you until could throw like, the
5: best event in the world but it's it's not going to be
6: if someone doesn't have a job convincing correct you know then they might they might not be it may not be the time for them or whatever you know so you know yeah. i think that's that's something that's a possibility
5: i i want to sort of just restate what you said because i agree with it wholeheartedly it's control what we can control but still have it be on the radar, kind of sitting in the back of your yeah. mind, at least that, that it's something there. Danny, that's a good place for us to begin to wrap our stuff up, but I want to save a minute here for you to tell people where they can learn more about Excel. What's the best website? What are the social yep. media links? How can people connect with you guys?
6: Yeah, so it's excelhealth.fit and it's the uh, same on Instagram, excelhealth.fit uh, on there as well, if you want to find out about everything that's going on
5: straightforward and
6: simple this has been
5: awesome man i, I genuinely appreciate your willingness to to share perspective and, and thoughts on your business and the industry overall i'm excited to see what the future holds because it sounds like 15 years in you guys are are still working and, and building this thing so we'll wrap this up for today but i appreciate your time and i wish you guys nothing but the best
6: awesome joe thank you
5: absolutely to everyone who tuned in Thank you as well. Don't forget, if you would like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out.